from 88.9 Radio Milwaukee, I'm Jordan Lee. And I'm Piet Levy, music writer for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Every week we talk about music coming into Milwaukee and the music coming out of Milwaukee. This is Tapped In. Good morning, Piet. How are you doing, my friend? Doing great, Jordan. We've got some special guests on today. Absolutely. Today we're talking about Revive Live MKE. It's a subject we have breached a little bit on the podcast, but we're going to dig a little deeper. I decided we should just bring in the guys responsible for this. I've got uh, Matt from the Paps Theater Group. Matt, how are you, my friend? Hey, I'm good. Excellent. And we've got Ryan from 10 Adams. How are you, Ryan? I'm great. Thank you for having me. Thank you guys for joining us from your respective homes and, uh, of course, staying safe. And uh, we're going to continue to keep this content rolling throughout these times. But we wanted to talk about the interesting times we're living in. And, and Matt, I really want to start with you with the effort that PTG Group has really led here in Milwaukee for the Revive Live MKE effort. And tell our audience a little bit more about the intention of this effort. Absolutely. Oh, look, on March 13th, uh, everything in our world uh, ground to a screeching halt. Uh, we canceled 10 shows inside of a single weekend uh, very abruptly. And, uh, you know, although there are larger issues uh, out there right now in terms of people dealing with real crisis from the public health standpoint, one of the things that is true is that people are really uh, sad to have some of those things uh, out of their lives now that they had pre-COVID-19. And one of those, of course, is live entertainment and live performances. Um, we at Paps Theater Group are starting an effort on our side to, um, you know, try to start to reinvite some of those things, and also, more importantly, uh, give people an outlet to try to support uh, the live entertainment that they want to go back to. And so, we created this effort called Revive Live MKE. Um, and uh, in addition to things like the Whitney streaming concert or other streaming concerts that we're partnering with our great artists on, uh, we're working on lots of other efforts that include alternative forms of entertainment uh, during the COVID-19 crisis and uh, things that we can do uh, to help show our um, audience, our, our people that are out there supporting us and fans, um, that there are ways that they can support. And things like buying a ticket to the Whitney stream uh, is a great way to support. And we want to you know, put all those things under that umbrella of Revive Live in Milwaukee. Well, that's very cool. And the Revive Live MKE series started um, with Japanese Breakfast, which Ryan, sure. Japanese Breakfast and Whitney, they're both artists signed to your agency, 10 Adams. Uh, and you actually have a Milwaukee connection. You're, you're in Austin, Texas now, but you, you're from Milwaukee originally, right? And you used to work for the Paps Theater Group. So, so tell me about kind of bringing this into the fold with your, with your old, you know, stomping grounds, basically. Absolutely. While I am a uh, adopted Texan, uh, my roots definitely are Milwaukee and, and a proud UWM graduate and, and worked at the Pabst and really learned the business uh, under Matt and Gary there and, and extremely uh, grateful for everything I learned there. Um, and really, this came out of a conversation that Matt and I had. We'd been doing a bunch of streaming and kicking the tires on it and, and having some success on it, but was also bashing my head against the table as well because it didn't feel like uh, I was getting as far as I thought I could. And Matt had reached out and I said, you know what, why don't we, why don't we find a way that we could do some of these streams together? 
uh, it obviously helps the artist because the artist is able to reach more people and it helps the venue because we'll be able to divert some of the funds from these shows directly to the venue. Um, and, and it really was happening alongside of the Neva Association, which is a, a group of independent promoters uh, coming together. And once Matt and I had a five minute phone call, it seemed like the right thing to do both for the artist and for these venues that are so near and dear to our heart. And the, the Japanese breakfast one was a great first step. And we're building on that with this Whitney one. And I was super excited to see uh, even more uh, shows being announced for the Revive MKE um, initiative. And I'm, I couldn't be more appreciative of everybody uh, jumping in and helping us for the show that's happening. What will the experience be like? Well, I think the great thing about uh, fans experiencing this stream is you're going to see and hear things that you haven't heard from the guys before. Uh, they've just released some new covers, and I believe you will be seeing some more covers this evening, uh, as well as all the favorites from their first two records. Uh, I know the guys are are have been active in quarantine of, of putting together a set that they feel is a best representation of what you'd get if you came to see them at a regular venue. But also I know they have a bunch of surprises up their sleeves that uh, I know my hand would get slapped if I revealed, but I, I encourage everybody to be there because it, it will be historic in, in many ways, um, including the fact that fans will be getting stuff that they've never heard before. Stay tuned. We're going to have more with Matt and Ryan next. We're going to talk about what's going on in their industry. How is this affecting the artists, the employees, the economy of our city and our music scene? That's more on Tapped In. Stay tuned. Nonprofit Radio Milwaukee is brought to you by you. A membership contribution is your personal commitment to music and Milwaukee. Visit RadioMilwaukee.org to check out your donor benefits and the thank you gifts to show off your 88.9 pride. We are back. It's a special edition of Tapped In. Uh, since we started recording in quarantine, Piet and I have been bringing a lot of friends and guests into the podcast. Uh, Piet, it's kind of funny to me that we had this huge studio to record in. And now that we're in our home studios, we're actually getting more guests on the show than we ever have before. Uh, it, just to recap, we've got Matt from the Paps Theater Group and Ryan from 10 Adams with us today. And what we're talking about is not only the Revive Live MKE initiative, but also just the initiative of the music industry right now to keep things going. You heard our episode a few weeks back with uh, Gary from the Paps as we were talking about the NEVA Collective, which is the National Independent Venue Association, working collectively really in a historic first collaboration uh, where you see large and small venues all across the nation making sure that their voice is heard, but also that they're taking care of the artists 
the bartenders, the sound engineers, the security guards. There's so many people who are affected by the disruption of this industry. Matt, I thought I wanted to start in part two by asking you a question about like what your day-to-day is like. How has this changed for you? I mean, I kind of understand what your job is and how it works. You know, we kind of work in an auxiliarily connected world. But um, I'm just curious, like, so now every day, like, what are the conversations you're having and how has day-to-day work changed for you? Look, it is... um it's dramatically different and it, it changes for sure every single day. One thing to call out uh, in, in the first place is that uh, the streaming efforts and um, you know other things that we're doing right now um, is, is certainly not a replacement for our core business um, and the core of what we're doing uh, in terms of the venues and trying to bring them back because the reality of it is, is that um, there's a lot to come back from right now. The, the first weeks of this, uh, I described it as like running the Indy 500 backwards because oh, wow. yeah. we were taking a, uh, you know, incredibly busy spring and summer and even into the fall and basically saying, okay, we've got to look at every date and figure out if there is a way to rebook it into a new date. And then, it would advance another week or two and you'd say, Oh, looks like the time period until we think we can do shows again has pushed back. And there would be, there was like a week where we said, okay, we just lost May. Okay. We just lost June. Looks like we're going to lose July. And then it goes into, well, is the fall going to go away? And, and those are still questions that I think are left unanswered. Uh, And, and this is an incredibly difficult thing because the fact is, is that, on our side, um, this isn't just about are the concerts happening or the artists, you know, able to tour or that kind of stuff, although that's all important. Um, you know, as you kind of reference, there's an, uh, there's a huge ecosystem of, uh, people that are affected by this, whether it's our over 200 employees, whether they're part-time or full-time, um, you know, or the businesses that surround, uh, our um, venues, uh, those are restaurants and bars and all sorts of things that are depending on that show traffic. And so even if those are allowed to reopen and we're not, uh, there's major gaps there in the downtown economy. And since so it makes for an incredibly difficult situation, the additional challenges that we're working with will be about also when we reopen how do we do it in a way that is safe and responsible for the community? And um, I know that there's kind of a bit of a bum rush on, you know, people reopening out there. And there's an awful lot of um, businesses, uh, you know, that are anxious, understandably, to, to get open. Our number one priority, though, frankly, has to be the health and safety of our community. Yeah, I can't imagine what you're what you've been going through, Matt. That just gives a kind of a piece, and that's just one venue group in in the in the world where everyone has just been so dramatically impacted by this. And what we've seen with the National Independent Venues Association really kind of speaks volumes. I think about how uh, dire this has been, where you're seeing you know 1,600 plus independent venues and promoters kind of teaming up, lobbying Congress, trying to make sure that they get support, make sure that this ecosystem can survive. Frankly. Um, you know, and we've seen some efforts too with like music cares and things like that. But Ryan, I want to turn the conversation to you 
because we haven't necessarily seen a, a coalition of like independent musicians, and and those are the artists that really kind of de depend on that um, touring money to get by, since there's really no very little money to be made from from sales of, of music uh, these days. How is this impacting your artists? You know, you, you're, again, Japanese Breakfast, Whitney, Black Pumas, they're all signed to your agency, Ten Adams. How's it impacting them? How's it impacting you that this has all just basically been shut down? I mean, it's impacted us tremendously. I would say the touring aspect of it has been the most significant hit. You know, our office rescheduled almost 600 shows across the 10 artists that we represent that are touring artists. And most of those bands are touring between... 75 and 150 shows a year and as matt said just like you know their experience we ground all those down to the halt and uh don't know or see daylight yet on when or if we'll be able to tour again this year or even early next year and that's a considerable amount of revenue that's been lost not only on the artist side but on their support staff side whether it's their road crew uh, their merchandise sellers on the road. Uh, it absolutely affects our business as well because we're a financial benefactor based on the success of how our bands perform financially. Um, at the same time, you know, we, we've had to pivot our way that we've done business to these live streams that we're having and, and, and excited to kind of look into the new frontier of how we're able to inject some revenue and do some good with those. But a lot of our team has had to look and say, we're going to 100% take the time that we spent on making sure that shows sell out on how do we sell records? How do we create new content that we can give to fans? How do we accelerate our merch businesses? And there's been some artists that have done better in quarantine than they have on the road. And they've had to adapt the most um, because maybe before they weren't willing to do live streams or maybe before they weren't willing to play covers or maybe before they didn't want to post merchandise sales. But back against the wall, you have to find creative ways to survive. And we've been hand in hand with each of our artists trying to come up with ways that will allow them to um, survive this. And I feel extremely grateful at the end of the day that I think our artists were extremely well prepared Um to weather this storm and it hasn't been easy but we've found ways to to make this work and uh these live streams are an absolute way that you can support an artist you can support an artist by buying a record you can support an artist by buying a t-shirt um all of those are ways that you know you can contribute and help keep the artists that you love alive and thriving and, and the same thing goes for venues matt in the past has some excellent merch um and we're really encouraging. And if there's one message I could leave with people is that for a small amount of, you know, whether it's $15 for a live stream or 25 bucks for a vinyl or a t-shirt that goes a lot long, a lot further than most people might think, because a lot of that revenue is instant and you don't have to wait several months to get it. And that's what artists are really lacking right now is a consistent revenue stream. Absolutely. Ryan, you had mentioned earlier in the podcast that, uh, you know, there's some real creativity specifically that's come out of the Whitney guys. And this has really kind of forced them to uh, look into their creative process in a different way. I mean, can you share with us some, some of your favorite uh, good positive stories that have come out of this with the artists that you represent as far as seeing and hearing and knowing that not only the fans are connecting the artists in a deeper way, but the artists are maybe being even more creative than they were before? 
Well, there, I think there's two ways of approaching this. You can either bury your head in the sand and say, there's no way out of this. Everything is, the sky is falling. And it is, no doubt about it. But you also can roll up the sleeves and get back to work and find a way forward. And we've really encouraged and adopted that philosophy in our office and try to relay that as much as we can to our artists. So instantly is, what can we get in the studio and do? I represent the Mountain Goats. And over the course of 10 days, John from that band recorded one song a day on his original original boombox that he was recording his original records on way back when. And we released that over the course, you know, we recorded the song every day in 10 days during quarantine. This is in March and we released it at the end of March. And it was a gigantic win for the band and for his fans. Those fans were able to feel like the artist that they love had done something for them but also at the same time, it supported him and his band and crew in a way that has allowed them to ride out this storm. Same thing with Bully and same thing with Whitney. I've been trying to get Alicia to do a Nirvana cover and uh, some other covers. And she released a gorgeous cover of Nirvana and a gorgeous cover of Orville Peck. And we were able to put that up in conjunction with Bandcamp, who was waiving their royalties on, on music for the day. And we sold out a thousand records in less than 20 minutes. Um, the Whitney guys just put out a great cover of John Denver's Take Me Home Country Roads, yeah. along with a cover of SWV's uh, Rain. And we've tried to find opportunities like that where let's drum up some excitement. Let's not, you know, this is, these are dire days, but we're all creative people. We all have the ability to do unique and creative stuff in our homes. Let's, let's go towards that and find a path. And, and in doing so, it removed a, a significant chunk of the anxiety because it kept us busy, it kept us creative, and it kept us engaged with our fans. No, that's really cool. That's great to hear, Ryan. And uh, I read that in, in Polestar, I think for the Japanese Breakfast live stream, which the past few group is part of, you, you were able to sell like a thousand tickets for that. Was that is that right? Can you, can you both give us a sense of what that did, that first Revive Live MKE, and your expectation for what it will do, even though it won't obviously supplement the lost income uh, for artists and for the Pap Cedar group, what do you think it's ultimately accomplishing for, for artists and for, for the venues? From our side, I can say that, you know, we actually sold 1,600 tickets okay. and 34% of those tickets came from partnering with venues. So the, the win for us, and this was a complete experiment that we're continuing to do as we roll out more of these, was for the artist uh, who was raising funds for her band and crew with that performance, it increased, you know, the revenue that she was able to generate for her business by 34%, which is a significant number. And, you know, I'll let Matt speak to what it did for the venue. But for, for us at one point, it was like, well, this is a great opportunity for everyone to raise more awareness about the initiatives that we're both trying to work towards, which is making sure that the venues that we love and, and want and can't wait to get back to have some sort of revenue coming in right now. And, and same with the bands. And to me, it was a great first experience. It raised a lot of uh, awareness. I'm seeing other managers doing the same thing. I'm seeing other artists adopt the same principle. That was my, you know, one of our main goals was how can we be a leader in this? How can we show people that there's a path to collaboration and that there's a path to helping each other out during these times? So at the end of the day, my victory in that or Michelle's victory or success of that, I think is judged on what comes after just as much as it's judged on what happened in that one event. Yeah. I mean, look on the venue side for us, um, I think we're 
we're looking at different goals uh, as far as what this accomplishes for us. Certainly, um, I mean, a big piece of it, you know, in perhaps the inner world is making sure that our community remains engaged and has outlets uh, that where they are continuing to be uh, entertainment fans in the first place. And whether that's live entertainment or something like a streaming concert, um, you know, we've always tried to be really innovative in terms of what types of options we're providing. And we're not uh, looking at, you know, any of this as a short term goal. And so, uh, you know, in the long term, our goal is to retain that kind of community community engagement that we've enjoyed from our fans and that when we're here or when we're back, they're going to continue to support us. And the same goes for our relationships with our artists, Ryan's artists amongst all of our uh, artists that we've worked with over the years. None of this has been about um, putting them in a huge arena out of the gates and saying, okay, uh, you know, what's my check? Our goal always has been about developing artists here in the community um, and uh, giving options to people, but then also giving options to artists. So you look at what we're doing uh, when things are on and you say, okay, we've got a small space like Colectivo and, uh, you know, we're in it for the long haul to build from places like Colectivo up to a Turner Hall, to the Paps Theater, to the Riverside. And then, you know, later on when we're uh, rewarded with those artists uh, that uh, will participate in things like arena shows or outdoor shows with us uh, to say, okay, we can do a full kind of cradle to grave artist development here in the market. And I think that the streaming efforts are a natural tie into it. I love it. Uh, Matt, I also want to ask you, I mean, of course, this effort doesn't stop after tonight's show. There's so much more to sure. go. Uh, I know you guys have announced some more. Are there any more uh, plans in the future for more Revive Live shows? Absolutely. We just announced uh, a pretty sprawling effort with Waxahachie where she's playing um, a, one of her albums front to back all the way through her entire catalog every Monday in June. Yep. So that's available at patstheater.org. We have uh, Sarah Evans, who is a country artist that's mm -hmm. doing a, a, another live streaming event. And then we've got a bunch of other live streaming events kind of on the hopper right now. Uh, I think there are some really creative and interesting directions that this can go in. And we continue to explore some things. And, you know, look, it's going to be an experiment every single time we do one. And some of it might work really well. And some of it might be, okay, we're, uh, we're learning while we go here. Um, we're also exploring some other things uh, that won't be streaming events, and some things that may be about kind of starting to, you know, ever so slowly bring the live experience back to Milwaukee. So keep an eye out for sure um, for what we're doing in those areas as well. Awesome. Awesome. Well, hey, on behalf of the music fans, Ryan and Matt, I want to thank you both for the creative out of the box thinking that you're both engaging in. 
Um, Piet and I have lamented a few times during the podcast how much we miss seeing our favorite artists perform, and now we're getting to see them again. So kudos to you guys for, for doing this work right now. Uh, it's really helping the hearts and minds of Milwaukeeans. Uh, it's it's not lost on any of us. Great. Thank you, guys. It takes a village, so your your contributions to this are paramount to you know, the success of, of this and the awareness of it. So we really appreciate you guys being a platform for us to help uh, talk about what we're doing and supporting artists. Same always have always will it's what we want to do and we want to thank you guys again for joining us and we want to remind you that uh, Tapped In is available for you anywhere you listen to podcasts Apple Podcasts on NPR maybe Stitcher maybe you're using one of those podcast aggregators I can't even remember the name of there's so many of them out there but we thank you for finding us wherever you're getting us I also want to remind you that the support for this program comes from you it's those of you who subscribe it's those of you who are members we can't do this without you we appreciate what you do for us Piet and I are here thanks to you our podcast is produced by Kenny Perez and our handcrafted sonic inspiration comes from the license lab Piet I will see you next time for Tapped In see you next time and thanks again Matt and Ryan appreciate it thank you